1: this is the busted open podcast
0: you can listen to the full show monday through saturday from 9 a.m to noon eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156
1: welcome to the busted open podcast this is dave lagreca on today's episode myself and thunder rosa get into monday night raw and the battle of words between Nia Jax and becky lynch Also, after coming off the heels of Netflix's big, hot series, Wrestlers, we talk to Matt Jones. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Matt Jones. Matt, how are you? First of all, Matt, thank you so much for joining us because you got your own show that's going to be happening in just about, you know, Thirty minutes so i appreciate, <laughs> yes. appreciate you uh joining us here on a friday morning
2: how are you hey i'm glad to do it i've uh i've listened to you guys a lot over the years on my serious xm and it's nice of you to have me on appreciate matt. it
3: thank you matt i mean matt is a radio host he knows what's up you have before we start asking you questions that we're like Super eager to ask you about the documentary. We want to ask you about the event that is happening this this weekend, right?
2: Yeah, we have our uh, first OVW pay-per-view in our new, we, we we redid Davis Arena. I know a lot of your listeners know Davis Arena because of the history in there. Well, we brought on a new investor a few about a month ago, and he has redone the arena. And it looks like an actual arena, not just a warehouse. If you brought all those old uh, WWE guys who started there, they wouldn't even recognize the place. It looks amazing. And our first pay-per-view in the new arena is to, is tomorrow night. ovwrestling.com People can order it. Main event is EC3 versus Jesse Goddard's. Um, we have uh, Haley from the wrestler show cash flow and Shira in matches and uh, it should be a great night. I think it's probably one of our best cards we've ever put on.
3: Matt, do you have La Princesa?
2: Say that again?
3: La Princesa in action.
2: Yes. She's in action for the uh, women's title. And we have uh, Shira and Cashflow, who people may know from wrestlers, are a tag team. They're going for the uh, tag title. So it's it's really great for us. And like I said, we wanted to put on to end the year probably the best card we could and maybe the best card since I've been part of it. So I'm really looking forward to
4: it.
1: You know, Matt, talk about Jesse because Jesse has been with OVW, he's kind of been the anchor and the foundation for OVW, kind of the total package as well. Great in the ring, great on the microphone, has an amazing look. How important has he been for OVW over the course
2: of the last couple of years? Well, he's huge. I mean, he's been here longer than I have. The only, you know, there's only a couple of people that have been in the company this whole time. Al, of course, is one of them, but Jesse is a cornerstone of what we do. When I first bought the company, I met with Jesse, and I said, Jesse, you know, because back back then, we were kind of hanging on by a thread, and I said, Jesse, why do you do this? And he said, I want to be the centerpiece of building something, and he has. I mean, not only people see the persona and see him from Big Brother, and they don't realize what a good just guy he is, and what a good, he's had success, and so people see that, and it makes, and he. Listen, man. He lives ten hours from here. He drives here oh every week to do this, and I I'm really proud of the guy, and and I'm glad to see him having some more success. And and uh, but he is he is a centerpiece of the company. I would say next to Al, he's probably the person that is most kind of at the core of what we've done.
3: Matt, something that struck me a little, you know, I thought it was interesting when you said we have a new investor. How is it with the wrestler? the Documentary, you were able to like uh, acquire more, you know, cash flow into OVW to make it better.
2: Well, when a documentary is about how broke you are, you'll be it's it actually <laughs> people think they can come and uh and help you know, what? Mean,
3: you know, Matt, maybe you should let them know that we run Mission Pro Wrestling in Texas and we need a yes. lot of help, you know, just, just do a documentary where every here.
2: week you're going, How in the world am I going to pay these bills? and all of a sudden, <laughs> if people see something, no, after the documentary came out, we actually had a lot of people reach out wanting to help and which was awesome. Um, But I knew, you know, we needed some substantial core help. We, we, we were losing money, not losing as much as when we started, but still losing. Mm -hmm. And, but there were some fundamental changes we had to make to have success. The biggest one we had to invest in our TV, our cameras, our buildings, not going to get a TV deal with the way it was. And uh, Ed Payer and his investors, they came up and said, Hey, We'd like to be a part of it. We sold a minority share of the company and there, and they did the investments. And it's been, I mean, I mean, if you turn the product on three months ago and turn it on now, it looks, it's the same talent, but it just looks like a completely different show. And that is why I'm so thankful that they've become on board.
3: Matt, I have this burning question for ever since I watched the documentary. As someone who was not part of professional wrestling, there was a lot of comments. And I mean, you saw it after, you know, after the cut, after cut, people were, you stuck so much shit about you and people used to put yes. you down for being just a non, like a fan, just a fan. How were you able to one, earn the respect to, to pay your dues besides, you know, putting a bunch of money in there. And three, how, what is your relationship right now with most of the wrestlers?
2: Well, first of all, I mean, you guys know this significantly better than I do. I did not realize when I came in wrestling's not like any other business in many Mm -hmm. ways, Mm -hmm. but especially in the ways they look at outsiders. So like I've been in parts of a lot of businesses and when we would come in, a lot of times they were happy to see us. I don't know if that's always true in wrestling. I mean, I think if you're not one of the wrestling people, there's a suspicion about you and I completely understand that. Um, I think I I didn't handle things perfectly at first. I treated it like it was a regular business. I sort of treated it like going, okay, everybody, let's do this, this, and this. And you just can't do that in wrestling. And I had to learn that lesson. And that was my fault. I've learned a lot in uh, my other ventures based on this. Um, I think it got better over time. Honestly, the Netflix special was how it happened because my vision was we got to have some splash. We got to have something big happen. So I came up with this idea for this Netflix show, so, so got Netflix on board, et cetera. I kept telling the wrestlers, There's, they're doing this documentary on us. The cameras came, they followed us. And he, you guys know this, you've been in the business. They still didn't believe me it was going to happen. It, they <laughs> honestly thought that like, they were so cynical about it that they didn't believe me. And it really wasn't until the trailer came out a month before the show came out that they were like, wow, this is real this is really gonna happen and then all of a sudden I think they saw my greater vision and it became a lot better and the relationship is good now but it was tough and it really wasn't until they knew this show was going to come out that they actually kind of believed it.
3: Matt do you understand the word carny right I'm pretty sure that a lot of people are like you're such a carny you know Uh, it's because a lot of people come and they talk all this big game and then they do this and that nothing happened but you on this other on the other hand made this all this stuff happen but I want I, I really wanted to ask you in that perspective because there's a lot of people that come into the business and then they start getting involved but they don't understand the business professional wrestling like you said I'm just gonna repeat it it's it's like no other business especially mm-hmm. independent professional wrestling yes right
2: well okay so it's it it is I will agree with 80 percent of what you said it is completely different in terms of how it makes money the mindset the people how you tell stories and some of that i thought i knew and i didn't and i needed to be humbled and taught a lesson and i was i will say that 20% of the business though is still a business you have to make money you have to put butts in yeah. seats you have to pay salaries you have to get sponsors And I think sometimes the wrestlers and people, not wrestlers, our wrestlers in particular, but just people in the wrestling business, they don't understand that side. Like they don't understand the actual mechanics of running a business. And so where OVW Al was doing a great job with stories, we were bringing in really good talent. The talent now is so much better than it was five years ago. But what we weren't doing is running a business to make money. And so I do think, I I should have been more humble about the wrestling-specific story stuff. But I do think it took a couple years to get the wrestlers to realize, listen, we got to have these sponsors here. Like, we can't just act like we don't need these corporate sponsors. We can't pay your bills otherwise. And I think that was what it took some time to get people to realize. At times, Matt, it was frustrating
1: watching the show for me because it kind of reminded me of Jerry Maguire, where it's like, help me help you. Help me help (laughs) Like. You're you're what you're doing right now isn't working. I'm trying to put in something here that's going to make this work and help us make money. And I saw that from show number one, Matt. And and obviously, like you just said, you were kind of humbled and maybe could have gone and done it a different way. But, Matt, I got to be honest with you, I don't know if you could have because you really had to wake up them up to make them understand that yes you know what you're doing for this small portion but we want this to be big we want yeah. sold out crowds and, and matt tonight sold out i mean tomorrow night sold out
2: right I'm yeah, sure we've been now- sold out for two we've been sold out for two weeks so the, 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 there was a di- all right most people came in and i i respect this immensely they came in and said i want to put the best show on for the people in this building well here's what i did i did the math and said i can fill this building And if we don't get outside sponsors in a TV deal, we'll still lose money, right? So we've got to do things differently. And what I learned is I was in the state of Kentucky, I was able to get associated with county fairs. Okay. Now they mock that in the show, but you know what? County fairs, you know what they have? Money. And you know what they do? They pay the bills and they would pay us an amount of money to come to their town. No matter how many people came, so I was guaranteed revenue. So while I understood the wrestlers and Al and some of the business people going TV, 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 the only thing we did that made money were these shows out in the county fairs. And a lot of times they'd go, oh, why do we have to be here? Well, I, David, I looked at it as here's a thousand people in this county watching us for the first time. There's nothing else to really do here. So they're coming out, they're bringing their families We can convert them into customers for our regular TV show, and we're guaranteed a profit. It's a no-brainer, but I couldn't always get them to see it like that because they're like, why am I going to this little county in the middle of the hills and not being on television? And I was having to say, no one's watching our television. We got (laughs) to get people watching it, and that's happened. Happened in part, because of that grind for three years. And then in part, obviously because of wrestlers, which was my other vision. My other vision was we got to get people to remember we exist. And if we can get a documentary, it'll be perfect. Now, did I expect Netflix to do it? Did I expect one of the best sports directors in the world to do it? No, but then it happened and everything fell into place and it worked.
3: Yeah. I mean, um, I, it's. Sorry. Go
2: ahead. No, go ahead. Hunter.
3: You said three years it wasn't an overnight success. No, like
2: it, it, it wasn't. And if wrestlers, if the Netflix show doesn't come out, it might still not be a success. I mean, we yeah. were improving, but we needed a break. I mean, I'll give you an example, like take your own show. This is a great platform. You guys wouldn't have had us on a year ago. You wouldn't have, I mean, you've had a lot of folks from our organization on, you know, Jesse and Al, et cetera. Al may have been on but the rest of us you wouldn't have had me we needed something to kind of put us on the wrestling map we were on the map in Kentucky, but I wanted to be on the map around the world, and this was the way to make it happen,
1: and it worked and it's successful and the fact that it do you kind of feel like for yourself, Matt, with everything that you've gone through and all the trials and tribulations that now you can kind of give yourself a little bit of a pat on the back and kind of look around and say, you know what? I was right. You know, so maybe you need to follow
2: my lead when it, especially when it comes to the finances. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. I'm still going to always be the outsider to them. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just am. I, I And I get that. I'm okay. I don't need the pat on the back because I think Al says at the end of the series, like wrestling, like it never ends. There's always another week. You know, there's all, you can't sit and go, hey, this is great, or it'll fall apart. Um, my next vision is, okay, let's fix the academy which we've done. We're going to enroll the most students in our academy in January that we've ever enrolled in the history of the company. So that's great. Then the next step, my total focus is, all right, let's make the tour expand beyond Kentucky. What I'm doing in Kentucky, now let's try to go to Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Tennessee, the states around. And then the final thing is, I want to get a real television deal, like one that makes it to where everybody listening to this Can turn on their TV or turn on a streaming device and see it easily. That's the next step. And we need to be paid for it. We can't just keep doing it and like hope stuff happens. Yes. That's what I, and that step, that's the final step because that's how you turn this company into something consistently profitable for the future.
3: You need a visionary. To make something big happen, it's always been on the history of well, like that's Matt. super successful. That's yeah, Matt. I was to me. Just say to that. me,
1: Matt's the visionary. Matt took a product that was only very few people were watching, and some people even forgot about, and he got people to now take hold and look at th- that. That series on Netflix was huge. We were talking about it. Every podcast was talking about it. Radio shows, even shows that weren't wrestling shows, were talking about it. I, uh,
2: you have to give that credit to Matt. That's why so I wanted I was just gonna Matt say it. on well, that. I appreciate that, but let me say this: I don't want to t- I want to. I do want to say Al. Oh, of, course. You know, Al I, of course. Al and I fight constantly, especially back then. Al was producing a really good show every week. It's just no one was paying attention, and so what I was trying to say to Al was: You do your thing. Hey, wrestlers, you do your thing. And let me be to use your word the carny, right? Let me be the one out there yelling and getting people to come in the building. And that final show on wrestlers, that episode seven where Al wrestles, I knew that if I put Al hadn't been in the ring in fifteen years, I wow. knew if we put Al in the ring, it would be special. It ended up being even more special than I thought, and that's because of his brilliance and and the and and the and then the cinematography and all that. But I knew it could be special. And I think there was a moment you see us celebrate at the end at that bar where we were all like we felt like we had crossed into a new era. And we didn't even realize it really until a year later when the Netflix show came out. And by the way, it was just named by The Hollywood Reporter, the fourth best television show of all of 2023. Wow. Wow. Which is amazing. I mean, the only things that beat it were Succession, Beef, and Reservation Dogs. I think that's a really, really exciting thing.
1: Matt, I know you got to go because you got your own show in just a few minutes, but really quick, when you were at that bar in that last episode and you're having your beer and you're celebrating with everybody, in that moment,
2: did you finally feel like you belonged? That's a good question. Probably not. I don't know that I still feel like it. There's an ethos in wrestling. You're not anybody until you've taken a bump. And I, I haven't. And I think there's a part of that that's true. But I will say this, even though I don't feel necessarily like I'm one of the locker room, I do feel like they understand and respect me now. And that is a really good feeling because at the end of the day, I got a lot of other things I do. I want these people to do what that show says, which is reach their dreams. That's what I want. And all of these people are a step closer today than they were yesterday. And that really is the satisfaction that I feel. All right, uh, ovwrestling.com.
1: Make sure you watch this pay-per-view tomorrow night, Christmas Chaos. It's sold out, as they have been the last couple of weeks. So make sure you go to ovwrestling.com tomorrow night for Christmas Chaos. Matt, I hope this isn't uh, the, just the first and last time. We want to get you back on again. Oh, you, I'd always, love to. you always have an open-door policy. Anytime you have anything to promote, a pay-per-view to promote, you're more than welcome to come on and promote it. And I'd like you
2: all to turn it on. For those of you watching or listening that haven't heard or watched an OVW show in a long time, turn it on. In my opinion, it's as good as anything out there except the elite stuff right now. I hope people will check it out.
4: Hey, everyone. Lindsey Rhodes here. And with the NFL season underway, I am thrilled to announce that my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, will be dropping three times a week. On Mondays, we're going to recap the most interesting stories to come out of the NFL weekend. Wednesdays are going to be for a bit of a deeper discussion. And on Fridays, we're going to bring you the best of my XM fantasy show with the great Michael Fabiano, Fantasy Dirt. So please, subscribe today, wherever you stream your podcasts, or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. I want to rewind
1: back to the beginning of the week uh, and Monday Night Raw. I wanted to get your take on what we saw between Anaya Jacks and Becky Lynch. And just to remind you and the Busted Open Nation, let's listen in to what we saw this past Monday on Raw.
4: Well, it may seem petty to bring it up now, but damn it, I'm petty. Considering for the last five years, nearly everybody that I have fought has tried to use this as a burn against me, I think it's time that we get to the root of the problem. Now, for the last five years, Naya and I have kept missing each other. I went on to main event WrestleMania. She went on to get double ACL surgery because Naya is a woman so unlikable that even her own knees wouldn't stand up for her. <laughs> then I had a child, she got fired. But now, it's 2023, I'm here, she's here, and I think
5: I'm not fired anymore, Becky. I'm right here in front of you, better than ever. And you know, that punch you just showed, that was a lucky swing. A lucky swing that almost ended your career. A lucky swing that I didn't even get all of it. And everybody's so mad that I broke Becky's face. But Becky, this is a contact sport, right? What else did you expect?
4: See, I didn't expect anything less, and I don't even hold it against you, Naya, because everybody knows that you are the most dangerous woman in this ring. Anybody who has stepped in here against you has been injured or hospitalized, broken bones. Hell, you've nearly ended a few careers. And that's why people like you
5: haven't stopped talking about me for the last two years that I've been gone. You know what's ironic is that the careers that I
4: nearly ended, you have me to thank for yours. This is what I do actually hold against you, and this is the narrative that I need to change. Because if it was just about a broken face, then these people would have checked out and moved on as soon as the blood dried. But it is about what that night represents. It is about what the man represents. It's about getting knocked down by whoever thinks they can get away with it, or by life, or by circumstance. It's about dusting yourself off, getting back up and fighting like hell. Because that, that is what I have done my whole life. That is what I did that night, and that is what I have done ever since. But you, You, you and your minions have spent years going around saying Becky Lynch ain't a main event star, but then I proved you wrong. And now all you say is that I'm a main event star because of you. Well, that is a lie. That is a lie I need to end. And if I can't end that lie, then I need to end you. You need
5: me. You need to prove to everyone here that you're just not about that one moment. More importantly, you need to prove to yourself that your career wasn't just some accident after I broke your face. Otherwise, I'll always be the woman who made the man.
4: I'll tell you what I need right now. I need you to shut the hell up. Because I didn't just come around to Cleveland to talk. I came here looking for a fight.
5: You need this a lot more than I do.
1: All right, Thunder. I got to get your take on this because there's a lot from that promo from Monday night between Becky and Nia. And a lot of truth. Earlier in that promo Becky talked about Nia being dangerous yep. and that was always the the look upon Nia is that she was de- you know Becky mentioned about injuries that had happened because of Nia Jax think about that there's a lot of truth to that and then Nia talked about you know you were the main event because of her and and there's a lot of truth to that as well as a wrestling fan you know it's hard Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Oh, would Becky Lynch have been in the main event at WrestleMania 35 is if, if it wasn't for that punch from Nia Jax? You know, Becky was not even considered a main event, and even at women's division, she was nowhere near a Bailey or a Charlotte or a Sasha, but after that moment, it really propelled her. Now, obviously, Becky's always been talented, but it really was that moment that propelled her to the top, Thunder, your thoughts on what you heard Monday night on Raw.
3: She talked about the strike of luck, right? Naya said it was a strike. It was a, a lucky shot. And the funny thing in this one is the strike of luck. That's what made the man the man. And and Becky run with it and made it work. And the WWE, however they design it, it went over. Yeah, it was a strike of luck. Absolutely. But it was what Becky did. To take it to the next level, as well as like the writing team and everybody else that was involved in this. So yes, indeed, it was great for for Becky because it sometimes it happens like that for a lot of us. It's like one thing gets over and you gotta run with it. That's it. That's it. You can't fight it. Just go with it. And there was a lot of truth said said on those promos, but the way that were delivered, they weren't delivered in a way where they they feel like like personal digs to it. It was done in a way in where people are already invested, the truths were said, and, 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 and it was well done. That's how you do business when you have real heat with mm-hmm. people. Absolutely. That's, Naya wasn't trying to be like nasty and say more things to Becky. She just said what she needed to say. She was concise, and she said her truth. And then Becky, as the baby face, I love the fact that she said, let me change the narrative on this she had an opportunity to rebuttal in a way and strong for a baby face without completely burying Nia Jax. Yeah, she said she almost ended people's career, that she hurt people. And I like the fact that she's, you're the most dangerous m- person in, in the ring. You can you can take it in two ways. is because you're a, a bigger and stronger woman or because, again, she, she hurt a lot of people.
1: Well, that that's a thing, Thunder, like – that's when you know it's a good promo. We didn't hear it in that portion of the audio, but it was said on Monday night is that and it's and it's important to repeat. She talked about being dangerous and hurting people. Now, that's talking to both types of fans. The mainstream fan thinks that, "All right, she's just talking about storyline reasons in yeah. the ring. She's dangerous." But then for those internet fans that are always talking about Nia being dangerous, And hurting people, they're going to take it in a completely different way. So there's a great way of doing a promo and talking to your audience and making sure that, hey, it's going to hit both those types of fans. That's why, like, going back to Punk's promo on SmackDown last week when he made that reference to the Young Bucks, it didn't get much of a reaction. And it went over a lot of people's heads because... There's a big fan base, especially in the WWE, that didn't know what CM Punk was talking about. Now, for the small portion of fans that are the really hardcore fans, those internet fans that we see on social media, they connected with that, but it didn't connect with the audience on SmackDown that night. The way Becky delivered that promo, and it was an important piece of that promo on Monday, is that she delivered it in a way where it's going to hit both audiences and you're going to get a reaction from both. Great job by Becky Lynch because it's not a throwaway line. It connected with both types of the audience. And I thought that was no. a smart move by Becky Lynch.
3: It did. And again, it didn't feel like it was petty. You know? It, it, I mean, it is personal. We know it is personal. Yeah. We know that a lot of people had problems with with Anaya. But even like the the response that Naya had, I just it was just like perfect as as a, as a heel. You need me more than I need you at the end, and walking like just walking away instead of just keeping like keep japping, and she could have said a bunch of a, a bunch of more stuff. But for what? Then you will be burying your baby face. The baby face had to say, and I I like you know it's not about you know. You know the blood and and like people would have run when my my blood was like dry. It was like the way that I've I've been fighting because I've been fighting all my life. You know, and 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 I'm not here to talk. I'm here for a fight. It was just the drop, like the the classic, like let's get over it, win, and let's fight, and all the fans. Ah! and then you know, kicking shit. Nia Jax walks away. It's like eh, nah, I don't feel I don't feel like it. It's on my time now. You know, this this is my this is my world. You're just living in it. So it's like. The opportunity that they have to revisit this now in in a way in where they're ready to make money. Sign me up. And Sign I, me I, up. Fuck I, up.
1: I, I love what you said, Thunder, about making money. What's gonna What's going to be best for business moving forward? I never thought there would be a time in the WWE, but it's happening right now, where they are mixing reality with what's going on in the wrestling world. We're seeing it with Seth Rollins and CM Punk and we're seeing it right now with Nia Jax and Becky Lynch.
3: But there is a different that that David, when they're doing it in a way and where yes, they are crossing a reality and kayfabe, but they are not making it in a way and where like, like you said, only the people that read the dirt sheets are going to understand. They're doing it in general. So it's like, okay, it's, it's about to be on and you are, if you didn't like Nia, you are going to dislike Nia even more because they're using the basic premises of professional wrestling: kill and babyface, and they're respecting that. They're respecting it, like with Punk and Seth. At the end, Punk led uh, Seth talk, and at the end, said, this is the last time that I'm gonna. I am going to allow you to talk to me this way in a professional way, because next time we're gonna fight. So it's it's like the draws are being, uh, the lines are being drawn in this in this promos and you are invested because like oh next time yeah they might talk but they might fight and how is this going to escalate because you know this is going to escalate to a big pay-per-view if possible so um and this can be an opportunity for you know becky to like finish your narrative and be like okay so all of you fools were saying that i that wasn't that that i ain't shit as a wrestler and they still say you're still saying that i ain't shit But I'm going to show you after I beat Naya that she didn't make me. I made myself. I worked my ass off to be here. This is not a strike of luck. I did it because I worked my ass off. And Naya can say, well, I'm the most dominant woman in professional wrestling, not because I hurt people. It's because I'm the most dominant woman in professional wrestling, and that's what they brought me back. So they have an opportunity both to do something for their characters that is very important and that is establishing why the heck they are who they are and why people talk about them the way that they talk about, about them, good or bad.
1: It's important. And and you're right. It all goes back to that moment when Nia did punch Becky Lynch in the face and, and broke her nose. Like, for the WWE, for whatever reason, kept those two apart. And then Nia Jax was fired and gone for the company, like she said, for about two years. But now she's back. Why would you not go back to it? And great job with the packages reminding everybody that nia jacks punched becky lynch in the face because not everybody remembers not everybody that's watching right now was a fan when that no. moment happened five years ago so no. uh great job by wwe production reminding everybody what happened because five years is a very long time but a great job
3: but you know what and maybe at the time when this when this first happened they were not ready to work together they were not the, you know they were still yeah. hot they were still like, animosity. People still probably had issues, but they're ready to work now, and they're ready to make money, and they're ready to get people interested, and they're get and they're ready to like do this. That's a bottom line. Because Thunder I says so. No, I'm no you're but- right, but you're right, but you're <laughs> right,
1: Thundered. It's the same thing with Seth. There's real animosity between Seth and CM Punk. I mean, Seth was talking about CM Punk
3: when you call him a when. David, When's, He called him a cancer when yes. he was not in the company. When somebody calls you a cancer, that's a, that's a, that's a big statement. That's a fucking big statement. And I'm I'm heated. I'm I'm gonna do a, a David Liger can run right now. That's a fucking heat. That was perception. You don't know what's going on on the other side. You don't know what's going on. You're just running your mouth. And like I said last week, fuck around and find out. And these two are gonna they fucked around and they're gonna find out. Which happens to be like. The most loyal WWE couple in the world, which is Seth and and Becky. You know, people have, like, destroyed them. But Seth talked about CM Punk, and and he talked very horrible. But then Seth said the same thing. You were talking shit, too. You were talking all this mad stuff about the company and about the people that were working here that were busting and breaking their backs while you were gone. And now you're coming here asking, like, oh, yeah, this is my home. No, this is not your house. This is not your house, you know. And Becky, and Becky saying to tanaya your menias have been saying all this stuff about me that I don't deserve to be here. But guess what? I worked my ass up when you were when you were fired to to be who I am right now, to be the main event, to like remind people why I'm the main event. You know. So it's it is a very fine line when you're talking shit about someone, and that you have to eat your words later on because half of the stuff that you said. It ain't even true. Yeah, It ain't even true.
1: But, Thunder, it's got to be difficult to be able to sit Seth and Punk down and sit Becky and Nia down and say, all right, this is where we're going. This is the story we're going with, and you both are going to have to work together and do what's best for business. Because there is real animosity. Like you said, Seth calling CM Punk a cancer when it's – definitely not storyline related because CM Punk wasn't even in the company when he said it. Now you got to sit them down and say, "All right, now you're going to have to work. You two are going to even though you don't like each other, you two are going to be attached to the hip for the next 3 to 6 months."
3: Yes, and guess what? But it was it was simple. It was simple. They say, "I'm going to go with uh, with Seth." He said straight up from the beginning, "I don't like you. I hate you." Basic premise. Of baby heel, I mean, baby and heel. The heel does not like the baby face because he's jealous. And it's simple and it's understandable for anybody. Even as uh, English as a second learner, as I am. I understand, oh, those fools don't like each other. Oh, they're about to be for a while. The same with the girls. The same with the girls. Very simple, you know, and, 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 and a little catty. You need me more than I need you. And I don't like you. Basic. Yes, you know you did a bunch of stuff, but it's basic. You don't you don't gotta take it to the next level to make it like, oh my god, oh shit. Like, it's basic. It's basic. I hate you. I don't like you. I have to do this because I have to do this because I have to beat your ass because you were talking shit. You know. Yep. And and now you gotta make it believable. You're you're fighting especially with uh, with Becky and and Naya. Um, Becky's a lot smaller than Naya. We know what Nia is all, uh, what capable of, what she's capable of doing. She broke her nose. She could probably can break her nose again. So how are they going to develop from this establishment of the problem? How are they going to develop to the climax and then go back to, you know, who's going to be the winner? or who? Or, I mean, I probably the, the, the fans are going to be winners always. Yeah. But it's like, how are we going to resolve this issue in a violent and very, uh, Lucha
1: way. Well, it's, think about it this way, where this is going to be an exciting time in the WWE because we're getting closer to the Rumble. And then once the Rumble happens, we're on the road to WrestleMania. There's less than four months until we get to Philadelphia for WrestleMania 40. Three and a half months away from being in you know, Philadelphia for WrestleMania, which I think is going to be the biggest WrestleMania thunder of all time. This is going to be exciting programming. And I said, it on, I said it to Tommy on the show yesterday. There was a time when it came to Monday Night Raw that I would be falling asleep. There would be a time I'd be like, my God, when is this show going to end? Now these three hours go by. I'm like, it's 11 o'clock already? Great stories, great feuds, great personalities, great characters. The WWE is hitting each and every nail on the head as we get closer to the biggest time for the WWE on their calendar.
3: They got to do what they got to do, man. Yep. They got to develop or, you know, or, or you know, head back in the on the line for stuff, but you know, whatever they're doing, it's it's it has it has an order. It, it's it's interesting for the non-traditional fans. They're watching, they're tuning in, you know, and that's what's happening. And I, I you can't deny that.
1: Busted Open is part of the Serious XM Sports podcast network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open trial to start your free trial today.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?